will be from Luke chapter 14 and verses 28 through 30. Luke chapter 14, verses 28 through 30. Uh, there are Bibles there in the chair back in front of you, as well as the verse will appear on the screen. Luke chapter 14 and verses 28 through verse number 30. Those who are able, if you'll stand at this time for the reading of God's word. Luke chapter 14 and 28 through 30. The Bible says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. I pray you just come up with one. Brother Mason has his series he just finished, Don't Lose It When You Lose It. And uh, so I have a sermon I'm going to preach today called, I Lost It When I Lost It. And uh, I mean, that's right down on my level. I lost it when I lost it. And um, so uh, I'm just, or the but God moments, and I have the but Andy moments. I mean, uh, so we've all been there. But I think I have something. I hope that will be a help to you this morning. And, of course, I always uh, miss getting to hear our pastor. I love, uh, just like you, getting to hear Brother Mason each week. But today we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture. And uh, the title of my sermon this morning is Blueprint of a Builder. Uh, Blueprint of a Builder. Luke 14, verse 28 through 30 says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. I'm going to bring a sermon today on blueprint of a builder, uh, or a subtitle, I might say, would be, What Tools Are You Missing? What Tools Are You Missing? Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for all you've done for us. I pray you just... Speak through me, use your word as it's preached, and thank you for loving us. In your name I pray, amen. I may have told this uh, story one time, I'm not sure if I have here at Timberland or not, maybe uh, briefly in passing, but my wife and I, we had a, uh, a uh, in our, back in Indiana, we had this deck on the back of our house, and uh, we, as our daughters uh, were getting older, uh, they would start out with a small little wading pool, one of those with like a little giraffe with the water blowing out of the, the, the face of the giraffe and spraying them. And so we had that little tiny pool you could kind of put your, you could probably kind of put your foot in it, and that's about how, how much of your body you could put in this thing. And, uh, and then each year, after every year, each summer, we would get a little bit, a little bit bigger of a, a bigger pool. And uh, so then we went to one that was kind of a long little square. You know, you can almost sit, sit down and stretch your legs out in it. I remember my wife and I sitting there holding our little daughters when they were uh, two or three years old, just kind of splashing in that thing. And then we got the, uh, the little plastic, of course, the plastic uh, wading pool. How many of you have ever had one of those with the little uh, fishes and stuff, you know, fish on there and uh, imprinted there? And you could uh, fill that thing out and uh, fill it up and... And I remember that. And then we got the first, our first pool where uh, you would inflate the ring and uh, a ring of it. And then as the water filled it, it would kind of lift up 
the sides of that, that pool. It was, it was big. I mean, it was like 10 feet across. You could, you could literally lay down in it. I remember we thought that was big time. And then we ended up getting uh, a, a pool that was quite a bit. It was the same type of pool, but it was uh, 16 feet around. And it was a good-sized pool. It held 1,000 gallons of water. And you could actually take a couple strokes to go from one side to the other. And, uh, but it was still one of those that you would, you would take it down. It wasn't a permanent uh, fixture in your yard. You'd take it down and put it away. And I remember this one particular summer, my wife and I had traveled with our college, and uh, we were gone for several weeks. When we came home, our pool, it was near the end of the summer, had turned into a, uh, it looked more like a swamp. And, uh, and so I said, well, let's just, you know, there's not much, there's really not much of the season left because school is going to be starting so I remember I emptied it out, I cleaned it out, and, and uh, scrubbed it all out and went to put it away for the season. Well, then uh, Labor Day was coming up, and we saw in the forecast it was going to be 95 that day. Kind of like this coming week here in Sherwood, it's supposed to be, I think there's 96 in the forecast. It's going to be a nice, cool day coming up this week. But uh, I remember putting that thing away, and then my daughter's coming to me and saying, Daddy, can you please, please put the the pool back up. And I thought to myself, you know, I've put this thing away, and of course when you have a pool like that, it had killed all the grass, and I had tilled the grass and replanted the, the grass seed and watered it, and, and the grass had finally come up and started to fill in that, that space of grass, and I thought, man, I've already gone to all that work, and I, I said, you know, girls, let's just, I, I don't want to bring it out just for one day. And of course the disappointed, disappointed look on their faces and uh, the, the sad, droopy eyes they had, you know, just kind of got right to my, you know, got to my heart. So they went inside, and I'm looking at the, the grass there and thinking about my pool. And, and then all of a sudden, I had this brilliant, brilliant idea. I thought to myself, I will take the pool, and I'll put it up on the deck. And uh, I'll put it on, this de- on our deck. It ran the whole the length of the back of our house. And it sat up about four or five feet off the ground. I said, I'll, I'll sit it on the deck, and the, 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 the grill will be right there, and I won't kill my grass, and everything will be great. And so I got the pool out. I set it out, out on the deck, and I laid it out there, and, and uh, I filled up the, the ring on the thing with the air. And I, this was on a Sunday afternoon. I put the, the, the hose in there, and, and I thought, man, Andy, you're a genius. And uh, your grass is going to look immaculate. Your daughters are going to be happy. You'll just sit there, and, and uh, your wife will feed you steaks while you're sitting in the pool. And uh, it'll just be a wonderful Labor Day. So I went, and I laid down to take a short Sunday afternoon nap. All was well. After I had dozed off, I was asleep, and I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes later, all of a sudden I hear this gigantic, I mean, it sounded like a, a lightning bolt hit a tree gigantic crash. And immediately I jumped up in bed and I thought, my deck just collapsed. I mean, immediately. I mean, I didn't even hesitate. But I never thought about it one time until I sat up in bed and thought, my deck just collapsed. So I go running through the house. My wife's laying on the couch, kind of sitting there reading a book. I go running through the house. I go to the back door and there is my entire deck in the back of our house, completely collapsed, our, our, this pool, shredded in half, 
and the water's just gushing down. And the first thing I did is I ran over and I turned the water spigot off because that was going to save the day. But I remember I'm standing there now looking at my deck. It had snapped all the trusses completely in half. No, Adam, it really wasn't that funny. It was, that was, I was not laughing at that point. So I'm standing there just looking at it. My wife walks out and, uh, to see what the commotion was, and she looks and sees our deck uh, completely cracked in half. And she did the worst thing any wife could ever do. She said nothing. She just turned around and walked back in the house. I thought, something, just give me something. I mean, something like, you know, it's not your fault. Um, it's some, something. Help me out here. So then out comes my, come my two daughters, Caitlin and Kristen. And they look at the deck, and they look at me. And Caitlin says to me, she says, huh. She crosses her arms and goes, guess we won't be swimming tomorrow. <laughs> I could not believe that. I would be so stupid to do that. Now I have this giant deck just cracked in half, all the trusses and all the boards and everything split in half. And I realized I have a major problem on my hand. I have this giant hole now right outside my back door. Can't even get to the yard. And I remember having the thought, I don't even know, I don't have a clue how to begin. I'm not a builder. Uh, My dad worked in a a, uh, a Marillac cabinet, it was making cabinets, wooden cabinets, but he, I guess, decided that at work, that was work, and when he left work, he didn't want to touch another piece of wood, and so we, he just, we just never did any type of woodworking stuff, and I remember looking at that, thinking to myself, man, I, I don't have a clue what to do with this thing, and so it sat there for the rest of the summer. It sat there into the winter, and uh, every day, I'd go to my back door, and I would look out, and I would see this giant deck with this giant hole all the way down the middle of it, because I wasn't a builder. My idea of building was, hey, if you got some duct tape, just give me a roll of duct tape. I can fix anything. The problem is, duct tape wouldn't fix the deck. And uh, so I thought to myself, man, I, I, I'm not a builder. I, I don't have a clue what to do with this thing. So it sat there the rest of the winter. It sat there all through the next spring. It sat there all the way into the next summer. There were occasionally, maybe a time or two, that my wife would come to me and say, do you ever plan on fixing the deck, sweetheart? And, uh, and, and just very calmly, do you ever? And I would say, yes, I do, eventually, someday in my life, I will fix the deck. I had no clue, though, how to fix it. I wasn't a builder. Well, you know, you may not be a carpenter builder, like some people here in our church. I was over at uh, Ralph's, Ralph and Mary's house the other day and uh, just admiring his unbelievable, awesome workshop he's got down uh, at his house and the different things that he's built. Uh, and uh, just amazing. He built a cabin uh, just by hand. I mean, cut the trees down and everything up in, up in Canada and uh, made two beautiful jewelry boxes for my daughters. Just an awesome thing. And I, and I, I envied uh, Ralph's work, workshop and his wood shop when I was over there thinking, man, I wish I, I wish I knew how to do that. You may not be a carpenter like that, that type of a builder, but all of us in our life, we're all building something. 
you might say, but I'm, I'm not a builder. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not a pastor of a church. I'm not trying to build a church. I'm not talking about those particular things. All of us are a builder to the point in our life, you're building something whether you realize it or not. Uh, you're building, uh, if you're a, a husband here, and a, you're building a, uh, a marriage if you're a husband and wife. Uh, you might say, well, I'm, uh, I, I'm not really building anything. If you have children, you're building a family today. Uh, if you're a uh, Christian, hopefully you're building a, a walk with God today. All of us are building something in our life. Even if it's just your reputation, you're building. You're building a reputation. You're building relationships in your life. You're building, hopefully you are building things like the church, inviting those to come to our church or to Timberline, or maybe you're a a, a connect group or a Sunday school teacher. You're building that Sunday school class, or maybe you work on a bus route and you're building that bus route. Uh, maybe you're, you have that one child here in the church or a teen young person that looks up to you and you're building their life. They look up to you and you try to reach out and try to, maybe you sponsor them to go to camp. Well, you're building their life today. I remember one time I was sitting in my living room and uh, I, had, uh, I was a, a newer dad. Caitlin was our only child at the time and she was two or three three or so three years old or so, the, re, the, the impact of knowing that I was a father had, had really hit me, you know, about the fact, hey, I have this responsibility, I have a daughter, and she's growing up. And, but I remember I was sitting there, and I was, I was watching TV, and uh, as I was sitting there, uh, I think I was watching a sporting event of some sort, uh, whenever a team would do well, I'd cheer, and I'd look over, and Caitlin would cheer. And then I went and I got a piece of pizza and I was, or some chips and I was eating some chips. I looked over and Caitlin started eating some chips. And uh, I folded my leg on the couch and just kind of leaning back and I looked over and she folds her leg and starts leaning back. Starts doing what every child I'm sure you've had, if you have a child, has done once or twice in your life, the imitation game. Uh, If you do it, they do it. If you say it, they say it. And then you say, okay, game's over, it stopped. Okay, game's over, it stopped, you know. And, and you can, no, I'm serious. The game is over. I'm serious. The game is over. You've been there. How many of you have been there? I've been. If you have ch- children, you've been there. But I remember looking over and seeing the, the copycat game and thinking to myself how true that really is. If you're a parent here today, you're building the life of that young person. They're watching everything you do. They're watching when you come to church. If you act differently at church than you do behind the doors of your home. You're building them in ways that you may not even realize it. But first and foremost, you're building them just by your example. How you treat your spouse, how you walk with God, how you act in your daily life. Are you an honest person? They see all those things. You might say, I'm not a builder. If you're a parent today, you are a builder. I was looking back and at that deck one day and began to think I'm not a you know, I'm not a builder. I'm never going to be able to fix this thing. I remember I had my wife uh, got, we got one of those uh, bookcases uh, that you put together. And uh, you buy them from Walmart, and they have like a zillion pieces you put in together. And uh, this one was, I think, about six feet tall, and I put this thing together. This is my experience of building. 
And I put this, this bookcase together, and I got it all put together. And on the back of it, you put the little back on there, and it's got a hundred different little tiny little tack things that you tap in, you know, all the way around this thing. And I remember I got that all done, and I thought to myself, hey, look at this. Look at, look at what I built. This is impressive. And uh, my wife was sitting there, and I sat the bookcase up. And I said to my wife, I said, how's it look? You know, I, I was about ready to hear, oh, you're the best, honey. Oh, thank you. It looks beautiful. And I set it up, and she looks at me, and she says, is the unfinished wood supposed to be showing? And I turned the thing around, I looked at it, and I had taken the back and put the back on backwards. That's how great of a builder I was. So a man in my Sunday school class came to me one day, and he said, uh, he said, hey, he said, uh, I've, I've heard about your deck, and uh, I'm not sure who told him. I'm sure I'd use it in an illustration. He said, but um, he said, I've built quite a few different things. He said, additions and things in my house. He said, I can help you build that deck, or I can help you rebuild it. I said, man, I'd love for it. His name is Joe Clark. I said, I'd love for you to help me build it, Joe. And he said, um, okay, have you, uh, this is, you know, he said, I'll, I'll come over, I'll look at it, and I'll determine what you need, and just, if you'll get the wood, I'll come over and I'll help you put it together. So I remember he came over, he told me what I needed to get. I got the wood, I got it to my house, delivered. And uh, then he said to me, he said, now, do you have the tools you need? I said, yeah, I got the tools. I got the tools. He said, okay, you got the tools? I said, I got the tools. He said, okay, I'll come over on Saturday and we'll put this, you know, we'll, we'll start putting it back together. So I remember I, he was getting ready to come. It was the night before I thought, okay, I'm going to get the tools. I got all the tools I need. All I needed to do to build my deck in my opinion, was, hey, I got a saw somebody had given to me one time when I don't even know why they gave it to me. I think it was my next-door neighbor was giving it away. Nobody would buy it. He gives it to me. So I had this saw and, uh, you know, big, you know, nice circular saw, skill saw, and I thought, okay, I got a saw. That'll cut the boards. I got a hammer. That'll put them into submission. And, uh, you know, I got a nails and a saw. That's all you need. So I remember he shows it to my house, and he says, okay, he said, uh, got the wood. He said, okay, you got all your tools? I said, yeah, I got my tools. I got my saw, a hammer, and uh, we're good to go. He said, uh, okay, uh, your saw. He said, you got a, wow, that's an old school saw. It's got, still got a, uh, um, you got a, got a cord on that thing. He said, you got a, uh, do you got an extension cord? Because we're going to have to, you know, we're not going to cut this inside your house. And uh, I said, uh, no, I don't got one of those. He said, okay, well, that's good because... He said, I got one. I got, a, I got an extension cord. So he brings out this extension cord. And uh, he brings out an extension cord. He said, okay, now we got the extension cord, and we can put that. I am going somewhere with this illustration, by the way. And uh, not just showing you these wonderful tools. But he said, we got an extension cord. That will go with the saw. He said, that at least will give us the power to the saw. He said, and I don't recommend using nails. He said, what you really need to use, we need to, use some, we need to screw this thing together. He said, so I got my power. So he brings out his power drill. He's got this power drill. You know, that's really cool. And um, so he brings out a power drill, and he brings out uh, this thing. I never thought he would need this, but my deck when we bought the house originally had a jacuzzi on it, and we had discontinued it, but the power was all still there, and now the power had been crushed. He said, I need to find out if those wires are still hot. So he had this, uh, whatever this thing is, I guess it's an electrical thing to tell if you got power. And uh, you can tell I'm still not a builder, but, um, and, and trust me, these aren't my tools. Um, so anyway, he says, uh, now, uh, 
you got a tape measure? And I said, I don't have a tape measure. I got a ruler. I use that. That's how I hang my wife's pictures. He said, well, you're going to need more than that. So he gets the tape measure out. He said, I got a tape measure. He said, I got a, uh, he had a line, I guess one of these things, so you could make sure that we're stringing the board straight. And uh, he said, you need something to mark it with, because if you don't have a pencil to mark it, it doesn't matter if you have the tape measure. So he had a uh, marker there. He had uh, some gloves, and uh, let's see what else we got in here. Oh, and he said, now this was a cool thing. I could not believe this. He said, you're going to need some of these. He said, because once you start screwing like a thousand screws on your deck, you're really going to wish you had these for your knees. So he had a pair of these like nice little knee pads that were, I thought were really cool. He had, a, we went and got a whole bucket of, a uh, whole thing of screws to put in. And then he had a level, which this is, now this is mine. Isn't that impressive? Look at that. I mean, that is a level and a half right there. You don't see these every day. I mean, this is a true carpenter's level. So, but hey, this works for picture frames as long as they're not more than 10 inches wide. And uh, he had this awesome, like, long level. And then he says, um, you know what, actually, this, this is the church's tape measure. But before I found this one in the electrical room to use today for the sermon, I did have one. See this? Look at this. Um, anyway, so he had that. And then he said, well, we're going to need some, uh, we're going to need some sawhorses to be able to cut this stuff on. I don't have those in the pulpit. He brings those out, and, and uh, finally, after he gets all this stuff, we begin to go to work. And I put down here, and this brings me to uh, our sermon today. First of all, the blueprint of a builder is a builder needs tools. A builder needs tools. Without all those different tools, I would not have been able to put together or take apart and put back together that duck, that deck. Galatians 5, through 26 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You know, there's many times in our life where maybe it's in church. Maybe it's in our Bible reading. Uh, maybe it's just in teaching that we hear that we think, you know, I don't really need that tool. I don't really need that sermon. I remember when I was uh, a young person. I remember when I was just six or seven years old. I grew up in church. And uh, I remember sitting in church and thinking, well, I'm only six or seven. I don't need, he's preaching to the teenagers right now. I don't need that. And then I remember when I got to be a teenager, thinking to myself, oh, this doesn't really apply to me. He's preaching to the adults today. And then I remember when I got to be a, an adult, I went off to college, I remember thinking, oh, he's just preaching to the, the married people today. That doesn't apply to me. And then I remember when I got married, I would sit there and I would think to myself, He's preaching to, to married people on how you could deal with not being able to have a child. That doesn't apply to me. We just got married. We're going to have children. And I remember thinking to myself all throughout my life, even occasionally now, there's times that I'll zone out and think, oh, that's, I mean, really? That's never, that's not going to be me. 
But we don't know what tool we'll often that we will need. You know, I didn't realize that my wife and I would go years before we'd have children and deal with that very thing that my pastor would preach on, and I just thought, that doesn't apply to me. You know, it's easy for us, you and I both included, to sometimes just pick and choose what parts of the Bible that we want to apply to our life. It's sometimes easy just to pick and choose what parts of Pastor Mason's preaching we want to apply to our life. It's sometimes easy just to pick and choose, hey, it's not that important if I come on Sunday evening. It's that, that sermon he's preaching right now, that's, that's not me. It's never going to be me. I mean, I'll, I mean, my parents are, uh, he's, having, he's preaching on, I've heard him preach on dealing with how to, how to have comfort when you lost a loved one. I remember thinking to myself when I was just a young married person uh, and hearing about our pastor preaching on comfort when you lose uh, a mom or a dad, thinking to myself, oh, man, my mom and dad, they're doing great. My dad's traveling, my mom and dad travel everywhere, they're doing great, man, I'll never have to worry about that. Until the day that I found out my dad had cancer. And until the day two years later that he passed away. You know, there's never a time in this Bible where you can just pick and choose. Everything's here for a reason. When you begin reading, you think, well, man, do I really need long-suffering? I mean, I don't have to deal with any difficult person. I mean, gentleness, really? I mean, my life's great. Uh, There'll be relationships you look back on and you'll say, boy, I really, man, where is that? I needed that. You know, there's, there's tools that you hear from the pulpit that our pastor gives to us and we have a pastor who takes a lot of time in study. And uh, I, I get to have the opportunity to work with him on a daily basis. He spends a lot of time in God's word in preparation. I love that about our pastor. But I remember there's times where you might say, uh, electric meter, really? I mean, I'm not going to need that until you reach down to take a deck board away and the wire's live and then suddenly you realize, I needed that. Uh, that didn't happen to me, but uh, there's different things. Not everything in life is you say, yeah, I definitely, I need, I need God's love in my life. Uh, I need salvation. Well, that's easy. <laughs> I mean, you got to have a, you got to have a, uh, man, this thing's heavy. You got to have a, you got to have one of these. It's a saw. I mean, of course I need that. But when you, it comes to a blueprint of a builder, every builder needs tools. Problem is you never know exactly what tool you need. Make sure you get them all when you have a chance. Every young person that's sitting here today, every teenager, uh, every time your pastor preaches, you should be listening to everything that he says and applying it to your life. Don't just say, no, that's not for me. You never know what tool you might need. Uh, every tool is important. Every youth activity is important. And you say, well, what do you do? And, and teenagers, that's what I'm talking about. Every youth activity is important. Mom and Dad, every youth rally coming up September 26th and 27th, just a shout-out for uh, our youth rally coming up on the 26th and 27th of September, have your children be there. Every camp's important. Every youth rally is important. Every opportunity your child has to gather all of these tools together, you want them to be there. You might think, ah, that's not that important. I mean, youth rally, Sammy Roberson's preaching, Pastor Mason's preaching, you know, it's not that important until 
your youth young person looks around one day and they need one of these and they missed it because they weren't there when that tool was given out. Every builder needs a tool. Next, builders need teaching. Builders need teaching. 1 Corinthians 3.10 says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Of course, we have the greatest teacher, the master builder, who teaches us everything from his word. Always listen to the teaching of God's word and the people that he has placed in our life, like our pastor, to teach us about the tools and about how we can build the right type of a life and relationships and all those different areas that I talked about that we all have a part in building. I was uh, out just the other day. Uh, we were Dave Garrett. Uh, I, the, the rock wall on our, on our play structure out there needed to be replaced. And both of them, and so uh, I decided. I told Pastor, I said, "I'll, I'll just, re- I'll replace both those rock walls." But again, I wasn't a builder. So what did I do? I thought, you know what, uh, Dave Garrett, he knows how to build. I'm going to call him up. So I called up Dave Garrett, and uh, I said, "Dave, if you'll come up and just sit on your scooter and tell me what to do, I'll do the woodwork and the, the, the labor. If you just give me the brains." And so Dave came over, and uh, on his scooter, just a great servant that he is. And he came over and he began to tell me, I said, now, what do I need? And he, he, in this time, I said, what tools do I need? I didn't think I knew it all, which so many times, myself included, I think there, I sit and think, oh, I, I, I got that. But I said, hey, Dave, tell me what, I, I don't know what I need. I just need, I need to tell me, first of all, what do I need? So he tells me, you need you know, you need this tool, this tool, and he goes through the whole list, and we need this number of boards, we need this much, we go to Home Depot, he rides with me, we picked up all the wood and the lumber and brought it back, and, and then he begins to tell me exactly what to do. Okay, he said, okay, the first thing we're going to do, let's think about this for a minute. And he began to look at uh, the, the angle and decide how, how he needed to do, cut the boards and so forth, and begin to give me the instruction on how to build. See, it's, it's great to have all the tools in our life. And all those tools are given to us here in God's word. Sometimes we just, we don't know what to do with the tools. And God has given us a teacher to help teach us. Uh, a pastor. He's also given us the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. But he's given us someone to teach us. All we have to do is just listen to that teaching. A builder needs tools. A builder needs teaching, I put down the next thing, builders need time. Builders need time. Ephesians 4.2 says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. All of us are building something. But that something sometimes takes a little longer to build than you'd like. Uh, Maybe the Lord is building your life. Maybe he's sending you through a a trial and he's doing some work on you, as I like to say. Sometimes we get to the point where we think, man, why why isn't this thing done yet? 
you have a trial, you're going through a difficulty, and you think to yourself, why hasn't God fixed this problem in my life? I know there's several people, uh, just from the prayer requests and announcements, uh, that are dealing with loved ones that have cancer. And sometimes you think, why, why would you go through that, God? Why does it take so much time? But God, of course, loves us, wants to do a good work in our life. Sometimes it takes us longer than our time plan isn't always what his time plan is. I put down here, it takes time to build, so what we need to all do is we need to get started. You say, well, I'm not really a builder. All of us remember, as we said earlier, our builders. So look around in your life and say, what areas in my life do I need to begin really working on building? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your uh, family. Maybe it's your walk with the Lord. Maybe it's relationships in your life. Whatever it might be, realize, hey, it's time to, to get started. It takes time to build, so stay faithful in hard times. There's going to be difficulties in your life where you're going to say, man, I just, I'm just going to throw in the towel. I can't deal with it anymore. There's going to be 95-degree days where you're going to be out there, and, and uh, so to speak, and you're going to be just ready to just, just say, hey, I'm, I'm ready to just take a, a lemonade drink and just forget the whole thing. But God has a plan and needs each and every one of us to build that which he has asked us to build. 1 Corinthians 3, 8, 9 says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. It doesn't always, if you've ever planted anything, whether it's the giant uh, the, you know, tomatoes that I think Mrs., uh, somebody's given my wife, uh, Richard, your wife, uh, toma- just unbelievable tomatoes or uh, all the, gr- the green beans or whatever it is. If you've planted a garden before, you realize you don't just plant it and water it and the next day it comes up. It takes time. So you say, well, Mr. Bailey, I know I'm, I'm, I'm gathering all these tools and I'm, I have access to the tools and I have access to the teaching and I have the time. And, but man, what if I just, you know, maybe I've gathered all this stuff together and I used to always think, I'm gathering all these things, all these tools, all this preaching and all this teaching, and I'm gathering it together to be put in my toolbox so that I can use it in my life. So that everything I have is there when I need it. I can just open my box up and say, okay, I need to, I need to try to build this relationship with my daughter. So I pull out a tape measure and I try to fix that relationship. Uh, I need to build my life spiritually, so I'm going to pull out the screwdriver and I begin to use it. And I have everything I need. My toolbox is full. But it dawned on me the other day, the tools that we gather aren't necessarily for us. I was with Brother Dave Garrett the other day, and we were building that, uh, that, uh, those rock walls out there. And pretty much all the tools we were using were the church's tools. We came to a point where we had all these, we had, we had laid out the rock wall, and we had cut all the boards, and we had laid the hand uh, mounts on there and drawed them out. We had placed them on the boards. And we were ready now to, to screw the boards into the main uh, two-by-sixes on the back of them. We looked around, and in my toolbox, in the, the, the screwdriver set we had, we didn't have what we needed. We needed a, uh, it was called a torque. I believe it was called a, a, a torque head. It's this little thing right here. 
because the, the screws we had had this little star, you know, front on them. I looked in everything I had, and I didn't have one of these. We had everything laid out. Everything was perfect. I gathered all the tools I needed and was able to build everything up to that point, but I didn't have this little torque head. And I remember Dave Garrett said, you know what? I got that in my tool bag. He went over, grabbed a tool bag out of his back of his truck, and he pulls out one of these little torque heads. I thought, you know, it's interesting. Everything was there. All the parts we needed, we had gathered. Everything we needed to be able to build this rock wall were there, except for this one little tiny bit. See, I mean, after all, why, why is that important? I mean, I understand this. That's important. But that tiny little thing? And that's so how much it is the way in our life. We gather everything that we think we need, come down to the point where we say, boy, I just all I needed was that little torque head. And then someone opens their toolbox and says, hey, I got just what you need. Because they were prepared and they gathered what they needed. And they helped the person that needed it. You know, who are you helping today? Who can you reach into your toolbox and say, I have just what you need? Because I wasn't only gathering for myself, I was gathering to be able to help you also. If he wouldn't have had this, all those boards would just be laying out there, useless. But because he had this, he was able to say, hey, this is what we need right here. Everything that we hear from the preaching from the pulpit or from the reading of our Bible or studying that we do, we're gathering for ourselves, but we're also gathering to be able to help those around us. Who are you helping build today? Who can you look at and say, I have just what you need? Because I was gathering for myself, and I also gathered to be able to help those around me. Who are you building today? If you say, I'm, I, you know, I just, I come to church and I love to gather and gather, and I love to be able to be filled and, and be fed, but I'm just not taking it and spreading it. Then decide today, I'm going to go out and I'm going to tell someone about the gospel. I'm going to invite someone to church this week. I'm going to I'm going to go out and, and try to uh, give someone a gospel track. And I'm going to try to help someone who's going through a tough time. Uh, I'm going to take the time to send someone a note uh, that's dealing with a, a, a loved one that's uh, getting ready to pass away. I'm going to try to encourage someone today. Are you prepared to do that because you've had the right tools, you've had the right teaching, and you've taken the time that you need to be able to gather it all together so that it can be used for the glorification of God?